As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props. A lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. FanDuel now live in Ohio. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the Friday morning podcast, Sharper Square. I've got sides in the Niners, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. So that's about 10 minutes away. Chad Millman. Very exciting. So I, I want to touch on something that um, I think kind of runs counterintuitive to what a lot of people think. Good people get fired all the time. Mark Cuban was fired. Howard Stern was fired. Um it's there are cuts in staffing. Um, you know, I I see stories where tech companies are laying off ten thousand people. Those are good employees. When I started the volume, one of the first breaks I got was that COVID had decimated many of these large media companies, and some of my employees, many of them here at the volume of our 27, 28 employees, worked at ESPN, DAZN, NBC Sports, CBS Sports. Very, very talented people. Just companies had to make budgets. There were some financial shortfalls, expectations. You know how it works at big companies. So we start with that. And this is true in sports, is that take coaching. The Kansas City Chiefs fired Marv Levy. He went on to get to four Super Bowls with the Bills. <laughs> um, many of you may remember this. The Jags fired Tom Coughlin. He went on to beat Belichick and Brady and outcoached them in two Super Bowls. So this happens. Ty Lue got fired by the Cavs. He got off to like an 0-6 start. Ty Lue's a top 7-8 coach in the NBA. Easily. Maybe top 4 or 5. So... When Frank Reich was fired by the Colts, it was a mistake by the organization. And I'll give you a little background on that. So we would all admit that about 70, 75% of the NFL right now is coach quarterback. That's good. You can have flaws in other places. So Andrew Luck with Frank Reich, he had him for a year. How did Frank do with Andrew? Andrew Luck had missed the previous season due to an injury. His first and last year with Frank Reich, Andrew Luck had his career best in completion percentage, passer rating, 39 TDs, 15 picks, comeback player of the year, and made the Pro Bowl. He had his most efficient year, Andrew Luck did, with Frank Reich. Phillip Rivers, from the previous year with the Chargers, went 5-11. and 11. With Frank Reich, went 11 and 5. His passer rating went from 88 to 97. 
His interceptions, always an issue with Rivers, went from 20 to 11. Philip Rivers had his most efficient year in the last several with Frank Reich. Let's go to Carson Wentz. Now you roll your eyes at Carson Wentz. But the one year that Frank Reich had Carson Wentz, he went from 3-8-1 with the Eagles as a starter to 9-8. He went from a 16-touchdown, 15-pick ratio to 27 TDs and 7 picks. His passer rating jumped from 72 to 94.6. So three different quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz, had significant upgrades in efficiency, completion percentage, and turnovers dropped. And the Colts fired him. The Jags fired Tom Coughlin. The Cowboys moved off Jimmy Johnson. The Browns slash Ravens moved off Bill Belichick. Marv Levy got bounced by the Chiefs. Frank Reich is a really good coach. Carolina got a good one. They have an Excellent defense, specifically in the front seven with talented young corners in the back end. DJ Moore is a nice receiver. They got to rebuild the old line a little, not terrible, get themselves a quarterback. I think Carolina stole the Indianapolis Colts mistake. And this all goes back to the meddling of Jim Irsay. If I said to you meddling owners in the NFL the last decade, four jump out to me. The old Al Davis, Dan Snyder, Jerry Jones, and recently in the last year, Jim Irsay. So this week, Charles Barkley went on the TNT show during an NBA game and railed on the players for star players for missing starts. And it's called load management. It has become the biggest issue that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, faces. Star players sitting out won't play back-to-backs. Now, some in the media view that as too pro-owner and too anti-player. And I'll give you an example. One of my favorite baseball players growing up was George Brett. And I remember looking at George Brett's stats one time years and years ago. And Brett missed like 30 games a year. And I thought, oh, wow. But remember, George Brett played on AstroTurf in the summer in Kansas City. That effing field was 130 degrees. Players took more time off. The resources, nutrition, training methods, playing on AstroTurf. When players were missing games in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there was a sense they were doing it to rehab their body. I mean, Steve Garvey told me years ago that when he played on AstroTurf, his cleats occasionally stuck to the field. <laughs> he had to constantly move his feet. So when a baseball player now on, on, on grass fields you know, is missing 30 games, it does feel different. Nutritional standards, training methods, resources, teams, private jets. In fact, you're seeing this in the NFL, that home field advantage in the NFL is no longer three and a half points. And the reason being, Washington Post detailed this in an article, is that essentially with team planes, players have more space. Uh, they set up 
uh, training centers at the hotel within an hour of landing is that the truth is road teams don't have, this isn't a, um, a disservice to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. It's a reality of the advancements of the league. You can go on the road and you get equal treatment to at home. Fewer distractions, better planes, more rest, better hydration, more trainers, better trainers. Home field advantage in the NFL has less impact. So where I side with Barkley is that when an older NBA player, a wilt, they used to fly commercial. You'd get on a plane out of Seattle, six in the morning, you could be sitting with the Lakers. They flew commercial. And if a guy missed 15 games in the 70s, 80s, 90s, a lot of it was because they just didn't have the resources to take care of their body. That's why you see so many older NBA players, Phil Jackson, crouched over, bent over. They're beat up physically. They don't age particularly well. Their backs don't. Their shoulders don't. So it does feel different today when Jokic can't play a back-to-back. It's not just the salary. Athletes are treated better emotionally, physically. It's an easier life. It's not just resentment toward the salary. I do think load management is a huge problem in the NBA. I would love for the league to cut out back-to-backs because I grew up in a small town. And when I was a kid, if I went to a Sonic game, a Seattle Sonics game, and downtown Freddie Brown and Gus Williams and DJ or Jack Sigma didn't play, it was a bummer. I mean, I went specifically to the kingdom to watch Larry Bird against my Sonics. And so I think the criticism by Barkley is reasonable. Some will say, well, you know, Charles at the end of his career was missing, uh, you know, he was he was missing like 20, 25 games, even at the end of Barkley's career, which is fairly recent. Bodies were treated differently. You didn't have the staff size or the expertise on nutrition, training, and you couldn't implement it as quickly or as often. As a small business owner or hiring manager, success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. Hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience you want. That's what LinkedIn Jobs does. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's really cool. They make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, number one, in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. Go to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Colin. LinkedIn.com slash Colin. Place is great. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn.com slash Colin. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, Chad Millman, CCO Action Network, all odds provided by FanDuel. Well, um, after hitting 55% this year, uh, the playoffs arrive, and I don't have a feel for any playoff game. Um, I guess I got the Jags to late cover, which is what we predicted. But let's start 49ers at Eagles. I'll throw out kind of the two things that jump out to me. Um, Greg Cosell, who's my favorite guest maybe ever on the show, says the last two starts are starting to show some tendencies with Brock Purdy. They're now on film. He's scrambling backwards. He now goes consistently to his left. Um, he is he has been incapable of delivering on some really nice schemed and scripted plays. There are now we are seeing limitations and the Eagles are seeing them. Philadelphia's got 17 players who are either Pro Bowl starters or alternatives at home. Significantly more dynamic quarterback. Um, you know, rookies in this spot have been disastrous. McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell missing practice. I'd probably swallow the points and take Philadelphia sharper square. I would say generally sharp. The challenge with the playoffs, as you just noted, is someone's going to find a reason to like something. And so this line opened at around pick on Sunday night. Literally that lasted less than five minutes. Got up to one and a half, two. I bet Eagles minus two Sunday night. It's landed at two and a half. Most most wise guys have this power rated at three. So you're still getting a half point of value. What's troubling if you're an Eagles backer is you've seen the money come in on the Eagles and it really hasn't hit the three, which means that professional money continues to come in on the Niners enough that the books are wary of getting to the three because they'll just get pounded with money on the Niners. Schematically, on the field, couldn't agree with you more personally. I think you're starting to see some, as as Cosell pointed out, and I agree, he's one of my favorite guests on your show. Uh, he has pointed out that Brock Purdy is starting to show a little bit of why he might not be a Hall of Famer yet. Right. And I think that you're taking a rookie playing his third game on the road yeah. in the NFC title game. And it's not Vegas that he's going to where one of his games were. It's not Seattle against Geno Smith in a defense that was really starting to struggle. It's Philadelphia. Like it's Philadelphia with an historically great pass rush and historically great offensive line that is that is getting players downfield and they have tremendous amount of yards before contact numbers. So how do you not take the Eagles here? 
Um, it feels like exactly the right side. I love the Eagles in this spot. Maybe I've talked myself into it. I've heard a lot of people say they like the the Niners, but the majority of wise guys are agreeing with you. Well, and here's something else to remember. Um, that Cowboy team went into the second half without Tony Pollard, a kicker who is in his head, um, and Dallas was on the road. And and let's be honest, Michael Gallup, it, it it's I would submit to you, he's not a two, he's a three. So Mike McCarthy, I think, has done mostly a very good job. But they didn't dust the Cowboys off. And Zeke at this point is a short yardage back. They had one home run hitter on offense, and the Niners knew it, CeeDee Lamb. It was a very, very limited offense they were facing. Yeah, so, it's, a di- it's a different game with Tony Pollard completely because they were playing it close in that game. And Dak Prescott was terrible. It was really bad. So now you're now you're on the road. A.J. Brown, Smith, there's a conveyor belt of quality tight ends for Philadelphia. Sanders, Jalen Hurts. It's very likely you will play now from behind. Also, if you look at Philadelphia. Now, this is my concern with Philadelphia. Let me throw this at you. So Kyle Shanahan is now 7-0 with his third string quarterback. That's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia's story to this point is GM Howie Roseman. Okay, Sirianni doesn't get any credit for the roster build. And nor does he get a ton of credit for this fact. When Jalen Hurts was out and very capable backup, Gardner Minshew, more than capable, upper third of backups, and win games. So the roster, that's Roseman. Um, Jalen Hurts, when he's gone, that's when coaching really matters. You don't get the juice of Jalen, right? Like Kyle Shanahan winning with Brock Purdy, that's not a Brock Purdy story as much as it is a roster compilation and a Kyle Shanahan story. So you take out Jalen Hurts with this roster of 17 Pro Bowler alternates. And it went with Gardner Minshew, a capable backup. So what I'm saying is Kyle Shanahan and Nick Sariani, let's not elevate Nick, who got crushed in the playoffs last year and beat a completely outmanned Giants team. I said today on the show, I like Nick. I was wrong on Nick. Um, but if the second half of this game, Shanahan was playing chess to checkers, you wouldn't be shocked, right? Right? So that that's where I'm a little like, I saw him without Jalen. It wasn't like he was a chess master, right? It's so interesting you look at it from that point of view. Uh, a couple things. One, I loved the video the other day of Nick Sirianni on the sideline yelling at I don't know who when he was going for two or lining up to go for two uh, after one of the touchdowns yelling, I know what I'm fucking doing. (laughs) I I worry and and I'm, you know, being a little silly, but I do worry when there is a coach who feels like he needs to be yelling that to someone on his sideline. Yeah. um, And that is getting that 
sort of uptight about being challenged, right? Yeah. I, I don't get the sense that Sean McVay, A, responds that way, and B, has someone saying to him, what are you doing? Or Bill Belichick has someone. So, like, I know it's like a, it's a funny little clip, but I did look at that and be like, that was weird. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, that, that was a, I don't know any leaders who do that, right? right? And so I thought that was interesting. One, you will get no argument from me that Kyle Shanahan is amongst the two, three best coaches in the NFL. I love the guy. I think that they are an automatic Super Bowl contender no matter what. And I think he has more fun scheming for second and third stringers on his team probably than any coach in the NFL. Yeah. Like he is so creative and so good at it. And we've seen it year after year. Name a team that consistently loses their quarterback, their starting left tackle, their best running back, their best receiver, their entire defense, and consistently every single year does as well as he does, as if it's like not even missing a beat, right? So I think the guy is brilliant. And I think he, he love him as a coach. Don't disagree with you at, at all on this. And I think some of what you're saying leads me to the next thing I would say about this game, which is a little bit against the market, but I like the over. And the reason I like the over is because we started to see some cracks in the 49ers backline pass defense. And I do think that Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, they are a serious quartet of weapons that can take advantage of some passing defense deficiencies. And that does not need great coaching. That needs good coordinating and it needs good talent. And on the flip side, if there's anybody who can figure out how to scheme against a really good pass rush, it's Kyle Shanahan. So I do think there are opportunities for this game to play right. against Titan. So I did feel Philadelphia was the side, and I have all week. Bengals, Chiefs, we have the variable. So I talked about it today on the show. I've got video of Mahomes. He's a full practice participant. Um, there are three levels to high ankle sprains, including grade one, which is mild. He also played very well, 108 passer rating in the game after the sprain. So I'm not overly concerned. Also, Will Blackman pointed out in the show today, sometimes when Mahomes gets in trouble, he's a little squirrely when he extends plays. When you force him to sit in the pocket, it's pretty good. And so I don't worry about that. Here's, though, why I like Cincinnati, plus a point. And here's why. Uh, over the last 20 games in the NFL, there's an argument to be made. Cincinnati's the best second-half defense in the league, even better than San Francisco. They make adjustments like nobody else. The other, and by the way, against Kansas City as well, they have trailed Kansas City in their last three beatings of the Chiefs, but have dominated late fourth or overtime. I believe Cincinnati's become something that doesn't get a lot of love, but it was what the Patriots with Belichick and Brady did. They were the best situational football team for about 20 years. Cincinnati is remarkably good situationally, like even better than Kansas City. A lot of it's Burrow's accuracy. So during the offseason, remember Burrow's first year and a half, once against the Bears, he could be turnover prone. So in the offseason, Cincinnati said, you know what? 
we're going to peel back some of the deeper routes and do more intermediate closer. Now the Bengals give you an upside with no turnovers. This is what they did to Buffalo. So you have the most accurate passer completion percentage in league history, Burrow. A team that's no longer giving you turnovers. That was Mahomes' secret sauce early. The best adjusting defense in the league with absolutely no pressure. These are the Chiefs. This is Mahomes. This is Reed. I think I like Cincinnati. Sharper square. Dude. It, this, this game is a roller coaster. And you're not going to get a consensus. You're going to be sharp. You're going to be with a bunch of sharps. And there's also going to be sharps who like Kansas City. So let me give you the reasons why I think Kansas City at minus one is the play. And this isn't as much about betting and number shopping. And as we often talk about getting the best of the number as it is about the side. This game opened Cincinnati plus three on Sunday night. I bet it's Cincinnati plus three immediately. It got bet down to pick Cincinnati plus one. I mean, Cincinnati minus one, KC plus one. By Tuesday afternoon, it's Kansas City plus two and a half. I bet the Kansas City plus two and a half. By last night, it was back to Kansas City plus one. This morning, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Kansas City is a one-point favorite because of what we saw with Mahomes. You will get wise guys telling you, I am back in Joe Burrow 100%. And then you will get wise guys telling you, I'm playing my model. My model has Kansas City as a slight favorite to pick in this game, right? So... I'm, I'm sorry, Kansas City is a slight favorite to minus two in this game. So you're going to get both sides of it. It's really going to come down to how do you feel? What's going to make you the least uncomfortable in this game? I wish I could give you a consensus. I can't. I, I can't in any good conscience. Like no. we, did, we talked about this on the favorites today. We did sharp calls where the wise guys will call us over the 48 hours from Tuesday to Thursday between our two podcasts and tell us what they think of what we're saying. And a lot of the wise guys were just like, I won't bet against Joe Burrow. The guy's 19-1 and one against the spread as less than a seven-point underdog. So the majority of the money in here came in on the Bengals because of where the number was. And that's really what the wise guys did. Um, after that, anybody's guess witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The NFL Conference Championships this Sunday. You can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute drill with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets, two or three or four, for a chance at a bigger payday. You build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play Just sign up, promo code Colin. If you don't already have an account, that's promo code Colin to get free bets back if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. I'll tell you, I, I, did, I did say this. Four coaches left, all offensive. Final eight coaches, seven offensive. But I do think something is important here. Is that All four offenses, to me, have an identity. I still think one of my biggest takeaways of this playoff, Brandon Staley and Sean McDermott, feel like those offenses just call plays and that we are having a revolution in this sport. And I've been talking about this ad nauseum for two years, is that even with a third-string quarterback, I absolutely believe The 49ers have an offensive identity, physicality, finding an extra blocker, using multiple weapons at multiple levels, always using motion with a third string quarterback. I felt Josh Allen was deep balls up the sideline in a snowstorm. I had somebody, um, I had a scouting buddy in this league say in snowstorms, the hardest thing to catch is a deep ball up a sideline. A, it's hard to see what's in, what's not. B, you're asking players to look up into the snow. Shorter routes are much easier. I'm staring at the quarterback. Don't ask receivers to look up in snow. He said that sounds ridiculous. Uh, Tom Brady says snow games are great as long as there's no wind. He goes because edge rushers, A, can't get their feet And he goes, linebackers get to their positions quicker because they're sliding over the field. So they give away what they're doing with 12 seconds left before the snap. So little tiny thing. And then a scout says, you never want the sideline deep route snowflakes flying down. He goes, it's just hard for these guys. Cincinnati had an identity. Quick, precise, eight yards in. Move the clock. Take the first downs. And I thought Buffalo looked 
absolutely disoriented. And so I guess my takeaway is you start ask yourself about your football team, even if it's flawed. In 2023, do you sense that you have an offensive identity? Regardless if you have a great quarterback, it really matters. Because I could argue the Chargers and the Bills lost to teams where they had better personnel. I feel like, I'll take it one step further. Totally agree with your take, except I kind of don't. And I think that the Bills do have an identity. I think they have the identity of their quarterback. And I think they have the identity of being immensely talented, incredibly high strung, and a roller coaster of emotions. When things are going well for Josh Allen, he shows it. When things are not going well, he's showing it, right? Pounding the turf, throwing tantrums, looking down. The Bengals, they, they ooze confidence. And it's not just Joe Burrow, right? It's Jamar Chase. It's Joe Mixon. And they play with a physicality that is different than other teams. Jamar Chase is not the biggest guy in the world, but he runs through tacklers when he gets a screen pass, right? Joe Mixon, like he is just bullying people. Joe Burrow is unflappable. And so I think there's a huge discrepancy in personality and teams take on the personality of their quarterback. Um, and I think we saw that in in complete relief in that Bills Bengals game. So I do think there's personalities. I just I think that the Bills don't have a good personality, and so I think I think that's their problem right now. Yeah, um, they look they came off as a little rigid as well. You know, McDermott comes from that. You know, a little bit of that old school play defense, punt, field position. I just think it's really hard. I was talking to Kyle Van Noy the other day for a Patriot player. Now he's with the Chargers, free agent. And he said, he goes, when I came into this league, guys didn't want to go over the middle. He goes, everybody wants to go over the middle now. And it's like, he goes, as a, as a linebacker, it's just the tight ends are more athletic and faster. They don't fear anybody. The receivers, backs. He said the game's changed in 10 years. That the middle of the field is just a paradise for offensive players. You and I grew up, there was a term called alligator arms. And if you had one receiver, Michael Irvin, willing to go over the middle, that was it. I can remember Philadelphia having a, a receiver uh, I, I liked out of college. He didn't pan out, Freddie Mitchell. And I can remember a, a game specifically, and he dropped a pass. And the announcer at the time, whoever it was, talked about He's not a guy that's comfortable going over the middle. And I and it just stuck in my head. That was a lot of players. A lot. The way to score quickly in the NFL was a deep ball up the sideline. That's how you did it. That's how the 70 Steelers did it. The swan over the top. You didn't have these seam routes, guys going through. It didn't exist. It's just not what you did. And so I, I think these offensive coaches, they're playing chess. They can completely manipulate defenses. When Nick Saban years ago in a New York Times piece acknowledged, yeah, I can't. I can't really stop. A, if a quarterback can move, and not a lot I can do. The rules have changed. There's just limitations on what I can do with receivers, quarterbacks, the middle of the field. When Saban's telling you that at the college level, when Tennessee's dropping 45 or 50 on Saban, at the college level where he has an athletic advantage, a personnel advantage, NFL's the margins are small. So I think coaching matters more in the NFL than it ever has.
Couldn't agree more. Uh, it's interesting you say that about Freddie Mitchell, um, because I agree with you. And he's he was a high draft pick, I think, out of UCLA. Or the UCLA. I liked him a lot out of college. And and he was supposed to be sort of the second coming of someone who was a great downfield, yep, glamorous receiver. Couldn't go over the middle. Kind of never really developed. But I'm pretty sure it was Freddie Mitchell who made that miraculous catch down the middle on like a third and 27 or a fourth and 27 from Donovan McNabb during their run. I think it was what got them to the Super Bowl. Um, it, it might like late 90s, early 2000s. I got to look it up. I'm almost positive it was, uh, which is just ironic. Now you got guys like Debo Samuel, right? Oh, they live, who live, are, they live in the and, middle. Like as big as a linebacker, it's scarier for the linebacker or the safety to hit them than it is for them to go over the middle because they're bigger and stronger. And it's like when these linebackers and these safeties go into these guys and they're the ones who just fall down, right? And like they and and Debo will gain, gain three or four more yards. It's amazing to see. Yeah, a box safety now, um, like a Jamal Adams, can't cover. There's there's arguments that you can't pay safeties, and when you're Jamal Adams, more of a hybrid safety linebacker, what's the point? And he's a unbelievably gifted player. But I can remember growing up with Kenny Easley and you know Troy Polamalu, who were thumpers, and that was celebrated and it was necessary. That guy can't cover in space now. That guy can't. You got to be Ed Reed or Earl Thomas. You got to go sideline to sideline. The the thumper is a relic. Because the, the the middle of the field now everybody with speed wants to go down the middle of the field. You can't the thumper. If I have you know Seattle gave up two firsts and a tight end and a third I think for Jamal Adams. In retrospect, they got taken to the cleaners. Now they took Denver to the cleaners on Russell, but that in retrospect, they gave up way too much for a a box safety. Kenny Easley, oh. Steve Steve Atwater. What? Are you kidding me? Chuck Cecil? Oh, my God. Or like where, where I grew up in Chicago and it was Doug Plank. Yeah. They literally named the greatest defense in NFL history after a hard-hitting safety. Right? The 46. The greatest defense in NFL history, most dominant defense in NFL history. Doug Plank was number 46. You said something really interesting before. The Bengals defense and their second half adjustments. This is not talked about enough, but I can tell you within the betting community of professional bettors, you know, the Bengals have been on this incredible against the spread streak. And for a lot of bettors, when they really started to pile on the Bengals and just decided it's Bengals or bust, DJ Reader coming off the injured list, the second half of the year, this team became a much more dominant team. And you see it every week. He's pushing the pocket. He's knocking down balls. He's making the, the big stop on third and short against the opposing running back. This defense, sixth overall in the NFL in yards per, in points per play allowed, fifth in red zone touchdown percentage allowed. So if you're thinking about, I don't really know which side I want to go here. Professionals have bet the under, and it's been fascinating. This game opened about 51, 51 and a half. I bet it at 51 and a half. Got down to 46 and a half. Since Mahomes came back, it's back up to 47 and a half. For those who are invested, 47 is a key number in totals, right? Key numbers are where games tend to land in 24, 23. Three, 
seven, 10 in totals, 47, 51, some other ones. If you can get under 47 and a half, that's where the wise guys, that is a, it's a, we talk about pros Joe's all the time. All the bets are on the over, all the money is on the under. Chad Millman, Action Network, CCO, all odds provided by FanDuel. Good luck. Good seeing you, buddy. Good seeing you too, man. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.